Sealing God's People at sealinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We were taking a look at the only begotten and the last podcast. If you've been following us, uh, tune in, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're on over 25 different uh, sites for podcasts, as well as our own app on both iPhone and Android under Sealing God's People. Well, Hebrews 1. When you talk about the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, the only begotten God, the only God, we find that it has a reference, as we mentioned before in a podcast, of the Yaqid, the sole, unique, solitary one. Never one before him, never shall there be another one after him. That only is very, very important in understanding the revelation of the Son of God, who is the Father revealed. Now, with that said, in the book of Hebrews, it goes into the work of the ministry about how the body of Christ is called as kings and priests, and we will reign in the earth with our Lord Jesus for a thousand years. This call is after the order of Melchizedek. That is, Melech, King, Zadok, Righteous. Uh, that was first the King of Salem, the King of Righteousness. As we see in Hebrews 1, <clears throat> God, who in at sundry times and divers manners, spake unto the fathers by the prophets. Now that's Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. Hath in these last days spoken to us, and you'll see there by his son. So therefore, they're still prophets, but not to the extent that king, priests, and prophets, and if you want to hear from God, as is written in the prophets, that he spoke through. And there was never a king, priest, or prophet except Melchizedek, who was a king priest. That came after the battle of the kings to uh, Abraham and gave him both uh, bread and wine. Now, this Melchizedek ministry, after the order of Melchizedek, that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren, the first begotten. Now, there is a difference in what we proto- call the protoarchus, uh, the firstborn or first begotten, and the monogenes or monogenes, of Jesus uh, there, the monogamous Theos, the monogamous Huos, being the only begotten God, the only begotten Son, which the key there is the Yaqid. If you have not tuned into the podcast on the only begotten, uh, we would certainly suggest to do so because it can be confusing as we go on. Uh, the foundation has to be laid who he is, the Lord Jesus Christ. With that said, in Hebrews 1, God in the time of Simon Sunday, matter spake to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. By the Son, the Son is a capital S-O-N, and it's always referred to the office of the redemption. There is Son of God, never God the Son. And the reason for that is God the Son would reveal uh, and connotate that Jesus is, as a son of God, was an eternal son. He is the eternal father. And we find that in Isaiah 9, 5, and 6. Uh, there unto us a son is born, unto us a uh, child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, a name usually ascribed only to God, full of wonder. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, not the everlasting Son, Isaiah 9, 6, and Prince of Peace. And that's by revelation. So we're going to see that he will be the first begotten of the dead and in all things that Jesus would have and will always have the preeminence. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And that's John 3.13. Therefore, that Jesus, 
uh, that man is that spiritual man, that man of war. He is the Lord God Almighty. Now, that word is synonymous with the Son of Man. As we see in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the saint was in the beginning with God. Now, we can take that, that would be a separate person, but that is not a separate person. It is one singular person of God with a varying attributes and offices of that Spirit. The offices of the Spirit are based upon the function of that Spirit. Now, the one Spirit of God. If He is the Creator of all, He is the Father of all. Well, we find in Colossians 1, 15 and 16, Jesus is the Creator of all. And all things were made by Him, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers. Everything was made by Him, for Him, and for His good pleasure. Well, He is the Word. And we find in Proverbs 8, that I, wisdom, was daily his delights. And we see a singular personal pronoun on wisdom as one of the attributes of God. God is love, another attribute. Uh, understanding, another attribute. Uh, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. There is another attribute. But God created all the heaven by myself and the earth alone. Therefore, all Creation was by Jesus Christ alone. Uh, we see that in Isaiah 44, 24. Now, with that said, the work of the ministry is what we're all called for in the body of Christ. But the way, the truth, and the life has already been stated and literally uh, finished, completed in its finality in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are complete in him and have need of nothing else. In other words, the work and all the price has been paid. However, we as a body of Christ will experience these great truths that has already been paid for by the shedding of our Lord's blood. Hereby I receive you the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And that's 1 John 3.16. And of course, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, he speaks to us by his son and this present church age and the dispensation of grace, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Now, we think that how did he make the world? Well, it's the same way that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Well, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He claimed to be the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Uh, Revelation 1.8, the Almighty God. The aloft to the top, the uh, Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, uh, is all the attributes of God himself, which is none other than Jesus Christ. But he's an invisible God. No man has seen God any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. We find that in the ESV and the NASB, it'll say the only God or the only begotten God, uh, which is uh, true. Uh, whether either case is true because it's the only, Yaquid, the unique, solitary only one. And when we understand that, that uh, even as Abraham offered thy son, thine only son, Isaac, Psalm 22, uh, 20, there in the crucifixion Psalms, we see the same, uh, that uh, Jesus there on the cross, my darling, Yaquid again. So if this revelation of Jesus when he brings the first begotten into the world, Hebrews 1, 5, that first begotten, uh, some will think, well, uh, he was begotten before he ever came into the world. Well, that's the same as saying the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world, that heaven had had some lamb previously slain in heaven uh, before Jesus came and the days of his flesh and died for the sins of the world on Golgotha 
or Calvary. It was in God's plan, in his logos. And that is his thought, plan, purpose, and will. Now, the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And this is what Hebrews, uh, Paul is telling us there, in Hebrews, the first chapter. It says, by whom he hath made him or appointed him heir of all things. And he that overcometh will inherit all things. Now, the things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the revelation of Jesus Christ given unto John to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. And here we find in Hebrews 1 verse 3 that Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express not express past tense, but the express image of his person. Notice not persons. It's a singular person. There is no three persons in a Godhead. It is singular. And the image of this invisible God is none other than Jesus Christ. The Son is the image of his person. And God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, invisible God. Jesus is the image of the singular spirit of God. God is invisible. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. When you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Because he is the Father revealed in the days of his flesh and then glorified, set down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. Now with that said, this is going to apply to the work of the ministry, which we are all called for in the body of Christ. Now as we know that Jesus is the head of the church, but we need to take a look at that he has the preeminence in all things. He has shed his blood on Calvary as holy, righteous uh, blood and redeemed us and showed his love through Golgotha, through the cross, through the shedding of his blood. We see there that Jesus is the express image of his person, not persons, not plural, but singular. Hebrews 1.3, very important. Now, take a look about the begetting, the begotten, or the first begotten from the dead, or the firstborn from the dead. Many will think, well, uh, that this has to do with Jesus being born or of the creation. But we're going to find out that he is the creator. And uh, sometimes it's a misnomer saying that, well, he's the first begotten, uh, that he was begotten of the Father uh, there as a spirit when he's always has been and always will be the Spirit of God. So let's take a look at it. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, it said, Who being, Jesus Christ, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, singular, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, God himself, purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now that right hand is not Kyre, a physical right hand. It is always using the word of God as dexios, an exaltation, because Jesus, after he was glorified, sat down, S-E-T, state of glory, forever settled in heaven, sat down with the Father in his throne, all power in heaven and earth given unto him. Verse 4, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. In redemption, he revealed his name, not for his self or himself, but for us, for his name's sake, to bring many brethren unto glory. He died not for his sin. He's God, but he died for our sins. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. 
Then he talks about the glory. In verse 5, Hebrews 1, verse 5, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, capital S-O-N. This day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son, capital S-O-N. Now, we are told that's two persons. But as we read on, we're going to see that that is not after the Spirit of God, but after the manner of men, after the rudiments of this world and tradition of men. There's a way that seems right to a man, but then there are the ways of death. So this is by revelation. We see in verse uh, 6, talking about who is this son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world. Well, who is that? Is that some fleshly? No. The word was made flesh. And we know that, that God himself manifest in the flesh, received the flesh from the seed of the woman, not a seed of Adam. In the first proto-evangel in Genesis uh, 3.15, it uh, put enmity between your seed and her seed uh, there, and thou shalt bruise his head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Well, uh, the seed of the woman is uh, where Jesus will receive all his physical traits, But the attributes of God, full of grace and truth, came by him, God himself, Jesus Christ. The Father is the invisible spirit. The Son is that invisible spirit manifest. And that is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, for God was manifest in the flesh, not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up unto glory. God was, God himself. And that's the reason why it's Emmanuel. In Luke 2, it tells us who is born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. And we have to have the revelation of Christ. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 tells us who Christ is. That the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what? Or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. That spirit is capitalized. Just as Father is capitalized in the word. Son of God is capitalized. Not God the Son. The Son of God. But Son is capitalized. And uh, that, that Son of God, they speak of the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Well, him is the word. And God said, let there be light. Well, God did it alone. Isaiah 44, 24 tells us that God did it by myself and spanned the heavens by myself and the earth alone. By God himself alone. Therefore, there was no angels there. There was no father talking to the son or the Holy Ghost. It was God himself. So this first begotten is the firstborn. Now we need to know what this means. Uh, who this, when he brings the first begotten into the world, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. Well, no one is to worship anything and no image of God, but God himself. But he said, let all the angels of God worship him. Why? Because him is the spirit revealed in a body of flesh. Well, somebody said, well, he had the Holy Ghost. So therefore, that made him a son of God. He was baptized of the Holy Ghost. No, he is the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of God. He is the father revealed. We have the Holy Ghost. If you're in the body of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And if someone bows down before you, They have committed idolatry because we are not God. We're not that only begotten. We're not the only God. We're not the only son. Therefore, whoever bows down and worships any member of the body of Christ has committed adultery and idolatry. And because 
they have worshiped the creation rather than the creator. Well, Jesus is the creator. We're going to see and that only begotten or brings the first begotten into the world. Now, we see here, he says in verse 7, Hebrews 1 verse 7, and of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Now, we're included in this because we're bone of Jesus' bone and flesh of his flesh. Jesus said it's expedient that I go away, for if I go not away, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will not come. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But if he goes away, he said, I'll come again to you. It's a promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. And this ministers of flame of fire is not just the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost, in Acts, the second chapter, where clothing tongues of fire appeared and sat on each one of the believers, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues and magnified God as the Spirit gave the utterance. But these will make the ministers a flame of fire, far, far greater in glory. And that is the tabernacleist, not Pentecostal, but he that overcometh will come into this realm in that final work of the ministry. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, not thy throne, O Son of God, thy throne, O God, Hebrews 1.8, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of thy kingdom. Well, there's only one kingdom of God. There's not two kingdoms. There's not a kingdom of the Father and a kingdom of the Son. There's only one kingdom. There's only one throne in heaven. The throne of God and of the Lamb. It's one throne. And he says, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, an invisible spirit, even thy God, because of in the days of his flesh, Jesus worked salvation for us, even though he is that spirit, by making himself of no reputation. Philippians 2.6 Took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. And he did that because by one man's disobedience sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore by one man, not God, but man. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. Therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. And we've talked about the servant of God there in Isaiah 43.10 that thus saith the Lord capital L-O-R-D Lord Jehovah God Almighty that invisible spirit thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen now here again it sounds like there's two in rational uh, reasoning that of the natural mindset thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. We have to believe God on this, not to our own understanding. That I am he, God, the Lord God Almighty, the invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Lord Jehovah, the Tetragrammaton, Jehovah, is that servant. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. That's a sole, unique, solitary, unique one. That's God himself manifest in flesh. And then glorified his own human back to himself, working salvation in and of himself alone. Isaiah 59, as well as Isaiah 63, 5. So now we're seeing in the book of Hebrews that Paul is going to elaborate on Melchizedek and this work of the ministry that we are called for in this high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now we're focusing on when he brings the first begotten into the world. He said, let all the angels of God worship him. And to the son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness 
is the scepter of thy kingdom because I've loved, you've loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, God in the supreme sense always has been and always will be a singular spirit. God is a spirit. But to work salvation and to redeem mankind back to himself, he looked for a man. He was wondered, he could he was wondered and amazed that he could find none. Because all the sin comes short of the glory of God, none good, no, not one. All conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity. Therefore, he said, Mine own arm brought salvation unto me. God working salvation in and of himself alone, for he will provide himself a sacrifice. We find that in Genesis 22. God himself will provide himself a sacrifice. And that's exactly what he did in 1 John 3.16. We perceive the love of God because he, God himself, laid down his life for us. Now, as we look at the first begotten, he calls him, Therefore, thy throne, O God, to the Son, the Father said unto the Son, thy throne, O God. He's glorified with the Father's own self. Now, you'll see in Colossians, let's take a look at what it means in this firstborn, first begotten. Somebody said, well, that was firstborn. That's when uh, uh, Jesus was born in a manger. Well, let's take a look at it. In Colossians 1, and 15, we're going to see uh, whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, verse 15, Colossians 1, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God. Very important. He is the image of the invisible God. So the Son of God is the Father revealed. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. The firstborn of every creature. And somebody said, well, wait a minute. Firstborn of every creature. That means in, uh, before the sixth day creation, he was born. Let's take a look at it. Is he talking about this flesh? Is he talking about a God junior? Is there another spirit up there? A spirit son? A spirit father? There's only one spirit. That spirit is the Father. That spirit is the Son. That spirit is the Word. That spirit is the Holy Ghost. That spirit is one. And there is not another. With that said, let's see what this firstborn means. He said, for by him, who? The firstborn of every creature. It means that he has the preeminence. He is the Word. He is the Father of glory in creation. Well, God created all things. Yes, he did. Who is that? For by him, the word of God, God said. That's not a separate spirit. It's how God did it. He did it himself. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one, exactly the self-same spirit. He did not use the Greek word hun, H-U-N, meaning we're in a union, he uses the Greek word heis, H-E-I-S, one and the self-same spirit. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are heis. Jesus said in John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. Heis, we're the exact same spirit. I, Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed. The image of the invisible God. You've seen God. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. How sayest thou then show us the Father? In John 14. John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. So we have gotten off track in a Trinity religion since 325 A.D. There was no such thing as a Trinity God. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And it is uh, the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4. That's the greatest commandment of all, Mark 12, 29. The scribe came to Jesus and said, what is the first commandment, dominant commandment of all? And Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
and thou shalt serve the Lord with all thy uh, heart, soul, and might. The second is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as, thy, as thyself. From this hang all the law and the prophets, everything. So I said, wait, even eschatology, even, yes, all the principles, commandments, statutes, judgments, everything based upon the one principle that he is God. So those that come to God must believe that he is, he is what? He is God and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not them, him. And who is this? By him were all things created. Who? Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the father of glory. But how did God do it? And God said, well, the said is a spirit. It's a spirit of God in action going out. And God said, let there be light. Well, the word of God is the Father. It's God. It's not a separate God. It's not a separate person. So therefore, the firstborn is the creator of all. Meaning that he created all that is uh, and was before all creation because he is the creator. There's your firstborn. He says, for by him were all things created. Who? The firstborn. The word of God. The Father revealed and in his thought, plan, purpose, and will reveal through the word and that word had to be revealed by becoming flesh. The word was made flesh. And we beheld his glory. Who? The glory of the Father. And John 1.18 tells us that. No man has seen God at any time. Not Moses. Abraham, nobody, no one of seeing God. They saw a portion of what we call an epiphany or a theophany in the Old Testament, which was God manifest, but not in the fullness of glory. Because any manifestation we have of God and seeing God in the Old Testament is Jesus, the Spirit of God, that has made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory from the foundation of the world so he could reveal himself through his word to his creation. No man has seen God at any time and lived. There will come a time there after the millennial coming into the time that when the end, when he will deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, that he may be all through all and in us all. That is the whole kingdom. All of the believers in God in that kingdom in the Son of Man, which is the kingdom office, will be delivered up to the Father. Who is the Father? Jesus Christ is the Father. Well, Jesus is the Word. Revelation 19.13, on his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the Word of God. Jesus is the Christ. That's right. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach. That is in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar, but he that, that uh, denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that has denied both the Father and the Son. How can that be? Because Christ is the Father. And Christ is the Son. There's one, only one spirit there. The Father is the invisible spirit. The Son is that spirit revealed. He that acknowledges the Son, he that acknowledges the Son, hath the Father also. Why? Because the Son is the Father revealed. And there, he is the Word. On his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the Word of God. On his thigh, name written, you know, faithful and true. He is that Father of glory. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end. Which is, was, and it's come. The Almighty, Revelation 1.8. He is that blessed and only potentate. The Yaquid, the solitary, unique, only one. That's in 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Who only hath immortality. Well, there's the firstborn. The firstborn then is uh, him who were all things. By whom were all things, uh, by him were all things created. 
Colossians 1.16. That are in heaven and that are in earth. Paul's making sure we understand that every angelic, every created, big spirit, angelic form or whatever is created and all have been created by this firstborn, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the first begotten. That the first begotten what? Begot everything. It says here, he before by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. How are things consisting? By the word of his power. He is that spirit. There is. He is before all things. Why? Because he is the Lord God Almighty. And we find that mystery of God and of the Father. He goes on and elaborates that for us in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. So the firstborn, very simply, that first begotten is he that begot all things and begat all things before the world was. All things, whether they be visible, invisible, thrones, principalities, powers, dominions, everything, every power there is, every God's many and Lord's many, but to us that believe only one Lord, one God, which is Jesus Christ. So therefore, when we talk about this first begotten, bringing him into the world, we're going to see that he is the only Lord God Almighty, and we worship him because he is that God. In in Revelation, we see there in Revelation uh, uh, 1.5 that he states again that uh, the words of this prophecy the book of this prophecy and states and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness the first begotten of the dead he has a preeminence in all things everything that he did somebody said well uh, he rose three in the Old Testament uh, one under Elijah two and under Elisha he raised uh, Jairus' daughter would have named son and Lazarus Yes, but they died again. He was that seventh one that died and rose and never died again and uh, literally raised some of these uh, bodies from the grave and were seen after his resurrection in Jerusalem. And uh, there took these spirits and first preached when he first ascended he first descended into the heart of the earth and we went and preached to the spirits shut up in prison where these spirits now not bodies it said spirits in Hebrews 12 that uh, uh, this church and assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven and we find there spirits of just men made perfect spirits of just men made perfect but there's still a resurrection. That resurrection to literally be the resurrection from these spirits that will literally raise from the dead in immortal bodies, sold in uh, weakness, raised in power, saved a natural body, raised a spiritual body, 1 Corinthians 15. So it's all Jesus. He has the preeminence in all things. He is the first begotten from the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. And to him that loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood, and then gives us what we're called for in the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, and hath made us, notice that's past tense, by that cross and what he did and bought us, bought with that precious blood of Jesus, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Somebody said, well, why did he call it his Father? 
because in the office of the son includes us, the body of Christ, bone of his bone, and literally flesh of his flesh. And that's how, through him, God himself, making himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. And that servant, Isaiah 43, 10, is God himself. But by coming and sending his word that was made flesh, and in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. At that point, he's one of us. The spirit is made of no reputation. He's working only as a man, fulfilling his law. But in Hebrews 1, it starts at the glorification of Jesus Christ and tells us exactly what he's done for us in his glory. And he said, now he speaks to us by son. That's why, because God has sent forth the spirit of his son. He couldn't come to us as that invisible spirit because we weren't redeemed yet. So therefore, the word was made flesh, God himself manifest in flesh, to redeem us that were under the law by made of a woman, made in under the law by God making himself of no reputation, literally working as a flesh and blood man, an Adam after the fall to redeem us that were under the law and then glorified his own human back to himself. By so doing, now he has sent forth the spirit of his son to us because we can't get to the father except through the blood sacrifice of the man, Christ Jesus, the son of God, who is the father revealed in that flesh. Now, it's very simple. God could not redeem us as spirit. He had to have a man. What did he do? He made himself of no reputation, not to work as spirit, took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being fashioned as a man, and there worked salvation in and of himself. Now, in Hebrews, he tells us that this, through Jesus Christ, he speaks to us now by his son. How did he do that? Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son because Jesus bought us with his own blood. He has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We see also in Hebrews 3, wherefore, holy brother, speaking to the church, Jesus glorified, he has literally why does he say set on the right hand of God in the heavenly places? That's a place for us. Where we are made to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1. What he wrought to usward when he set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Not for him, for us. Jesus stated that in Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a throne I prepared for you, a place I prepared for you, a power of glory that I prepared for you. So the hymn that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a state of glory, always has been God, always will be God, set down with my Father, where? In his throne. Revelation 3.21. So therefore, somebody said, well, the man Christ Jesus, he's still at the right hand of God making intercession for us. And therefore, that he is still a man. He's, man's not God, but God's still in the man. And, and we have this oneness doctrine that there's an anthropos, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, the anthropos, not realizing your intercessor is the spirit itself maketh intercession for us. Romans 8, 26, uh, 24, 23 through 26 says that no man knows how he ought to pray for the spirit itself. Who is that spirit itself? Jesus, the son of God. It's the spirit of his son. Somebody said, well, I didn't get that. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 tells you who he is. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Well, 
The second Adam, well, he was in the days of his flesh, yes, but Hebrews 1 carries us into the glorification. How how high did he glow? Did he just go to the right hand of God? Or is he set down, S-E-T, not S-I-T, set. That's a place he prepared for us. For four and twenty seats in heaven with the four and twenty elders. Priesthood. Where we're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But where did he go? Even as I overcame and him set S-E-T. A state of glory already and how this has been settled in heaven. Down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given to him. Matthew 28, 18. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. Acts 2.36, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ the Holy Ghost. You're saying that man is that spirit? Yes. 1 Corinthians 15.45, that first man Adam was made a living soul. What about that second Adam? Jesus Christ, the man who died on the cross for you, that's been made Lord in Christ. Acts 2.36. Who is he? Well, that last Adam was made a quickening Spirit. Not a spirit man, spirit. Not spiritual, a quickening spirit. And the spirit dwell in you, which also dwell in Christ Jesus. Well, who is that spirit? Galatians 4 6 that it's the spirit of his son. How did he obtain it? Through literally his death, burial, resurrection, found nothing worthy in him of death, and sprinkled heaven itself with his own blood thereby making peace and that by making a way into the holiest of all by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we come boldly before the throne, not because of our righteousness or our holiness, but for his name's sake, by his blood. So therefore, we see in uh, uh, Hebrews 3, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. What is that? Kings and priests of the Lord our God made to sit together in heavenly places Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Notice that apostle is a capitalized and high priest is capitalized, who is God himself. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Well, he was chosen of God and my servant whom I have chosen. We find that in Isaiah 43.10. But thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. God is that man. Who was faithful just as Moses was and because of obedience he learned obedience. The man Christ Jesus which was God's own body of flesh and blood literally died buried, rose again, nothing worthy of death found in him, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. And Hebrews 1 starts in that resurrected, glorified, Jesus Christ, thy throne, O God. He has obtained that throne, glorified by the Father's own self, with the glory he had with the Father before the foundation of the world. John 17, 5, Jesus' prayer. There, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. And he talks about, who is this man, Christ Jesus? For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Why? Inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is who? God, that man is God. That's what he's telling you. And Moses verily was faithful in all of his house. Sure he was. As a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after him, a prophet coming after Moses. But verse 6, but Christ as a son over his own house bought us with a price. We're not our own. We are the temple of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence 
and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Therefore, we find that Jesus is that Lord God Almighty. He is the first begotten from the dead. He's the firstborn of every uh, brethren, of all the brethren. That's the reason why the whole purpose was to bring many brethren unto glory, whom he did foreknow, the foreknowledge of God. Them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And that he might be the firstborn, the first begotten, the firstborn among many brethren. It's the whole purpose of God to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he also justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, there is your man Christ Jesus. He alone is God. He is a blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality. Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, approach unto nor see, nor can see. He is our God. There is not another Jesus Christ. The man is God. If anybody tells you the man is not God, run, get away, because they have denied the Lord God Almighty. They have denied that Jesus is the Father. They have denied that Jesus is the Christ, for Christ is the Father. 1 John 2, 22, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist that has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because the Father is the invisible Spirit. Christ is that Spirit. Jesus is that Father. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son is the Father revealed. The Lord is that Spirit. He that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Why? That's the doctrine of Christ. Christ is all through all and in us all. Who is that? That's the Father of glory. There's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all, Father of us all, above all and in us all. Who? The Father. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Neighbor, don't uh, uh, follow these false Trinitarian, Tunis, Binitarian, or Oneness doctrines. There's only one true doctrine, Jesus only. There's not another God. There's not another man. There's not another servant. God says, I am that servant. Before me, there was no God form, neither shall be after me. He is the only one, the blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality. 1 John 5, 20, the Son of God has come. What's that? The Spirit. The Spirit of God has come. Somebody said, well, isn't it going to be a bodily resurrection when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven? Yes. But what we need to see and understand is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is that Spirit. He is that Spirit. Thy throne, O God, for the Father saith unto the Son, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. That man is God that has built his own house. Hebrews 3. The Son of God has come and give us an understanding of him that is true. Him that is true is the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ. And they said, well, how did Jesus never said he was the Holy Ghost? Yes, he did. He said, while he was with his disciples, he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, that's in his glorification. Not in his humiliation as a man. But in his glorification, he said, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except to be God. Yet in John 2, Jesus said, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. He said, in 46 years, where the Jews in building this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. 
But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. He rose his own body from the dead, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. The Son of God is God Almighty. He is that Spirit, Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son. It's a promise of the Father, which saith he, Jesus said, you've heard of me. That Jesus, that man, has been made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered according to the will of God, Romans 8, uh, 23 through 26. The spirit itself maketh intercession. There's your intercessor. That's the Lord God Almighty, the man Christ Jesus, who is God. What does the Antichrist say? The Antichrist say the man is not God. He's God Jr., but he's not the Father. Well, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Tetragrammaton, Jehovah. He is the yod ha He is Yahweh. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Elohim, the El Shaddai. He, that every every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that. That Jesus Christ is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. To the glory of the Father. Well, neighbor, we don't, we want to find uh, the true God and eternal life. First John 5, 20. The Son of God has come. That's the Spirit. And give us an understanding of Him that is true. He is the Word. The plant person will of God manifest to us, revealing the invisible God which is now revealed, Jesus Christ. Give us an understanding of Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son. This is the only true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. And uh, the epistle there, 1 John 5, 20, ends. Well, there you have it. There's the first begotten from the dead, the firstborn among many brethren. The work there that God showed his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and gives us the redemption, justification by faith, sanctification, the, the truth, as sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth, and ultimate glorification, our vile body fashioned like in his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. Well, neighbor, this is Brother Dennis Beard. Do you have any questions? Be sure and let us hear from you. Subscribe. Uh, God's preparing his body for the greatest move of God that this world's ever seen as a king priesthood and the work of the ministry is now in preparing and the sealing of his saints, his servants. Praise God, neighbor. We want to invite you, uh, literally encourage you to give us a call for, as you can see on your screen, we are set up to do an outreach and evangelizing the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ for the sealing of God's people here in the last days. You'll see that we have a tractor-trailer rig, and on that rig is a tent, a gospel tent, that will seat up to 3,000 people. Now, don't let that discourage you, because it can be set up to where it will be uh, a tent size for 300 people, or 500, or 1,000 or up to 3,000. We have the instruments, we have the chairs, we have the gospel tent. That if you would like a gospel tent meeting in your area, where we can do social distancing, setting the chairs eight feet apart, not six, but eight feet apart, several rows, and still get in over 1,500 people in social distancing. We can bring it to your area. If you would like to hear that Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, the sealing of God's people, where we are now in prophecy and eschatology, in that last day, work of the ministry, give us a call. That is Dennis Beard at DennisBeard.org. That's our website, www.DennisBeard.org or SealingGodsPeople.org. And let us hear from you. We'd like to talk to you. Well, we can talk about where you would like to have a tent revival. Or maybe you would like just to say, well, Brother Beard, come to the church. Bring this to the meeting at the church. We'd love to hear from you. 
Well, let us hear from you. Give us a call. The number's on the screen. You'll see we have our own motorhome. We can drive to you anywhere in the United States. There, also with the tent, with the tractor-trailer rig, and our team of ministers that we bring there to your town, your city, to your state. So if the Lord deals with you, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. You'd like to have a gospel tent meeting or meet there and have a meeting in a meeting room or your church. Give us a call. Contact us at dinnerspirit.org, sealinggodspeople.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's meet. The body of Christ is coming together greater than it ever has before in the work of the ministry, in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.